The subject of this series is a dictator that ruled over a section of Southeast Asia for approximately three and a half years. But in that time, he and his army of overly aggressive teenagers and refugees would absolutely decimate the country. Through class and ethnic cleansing, overwork, malnutrition, and sheer paranoia, this new communist government will attack both enemies and supporters alike completely doing away with any religion, economy, personal relationships, and hinging it all on communal farming to keep the entire country afloat. We're going all the way back to the mid-1900s to find a seemingly polite and charming son of a rice farmer become one of the most brutal tyrants in modern history. And yes, in case you were wondering, it's very much America's fault. Brother number one himself, today we cover episode one of Pol Pot and the Cambodian Genocide. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm Topper Harley. <laughs> and this is Torture. Do you know Oof. that uh, my father used to say that not playing to win is like sleeping with your sister? Oh. Just throwing it out there. Okay. <laughs> my daddy always said, Come in second, come in last. It's for you, the first or your last. Second's number one loser. Come on, you like a spider monkey. I don't know why Ricky Bobby popped in my head. Oh, shit. It's been a while, man. How have you been? Yeah, good, good. Good, good. Can't complain. Well, can complain. Choose not to. You know there yourself. You the usual. Yeah. Yeah. People out there who don't know, I think we only talked about it on uh, the Patreon before. You you and the family did something a little different for Christmas this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we decided to go to the Canary Islands because, oh, yeah. you know, thing if, pictures. Yeah, we haven't been away since before COVID. And then, yeah. like, kind of between the start of COVID and now, basically, yeah, my wife got cancer twice. So it's been a. Uh, very much needed a break yeah. after everything, so um, it was a nice way to do it. No fuss, nothing like oh, that. Yeah, you know, we know yeah. the place so well because we've been there so many times. So, well, you were sending good. me pictures throughout the whole thing. I was showing the wife, I was like, Man, this this guy's got the right idea. <laughs> yeah, you're just lucky that yeah. you have you, you're lucky that you have a kid that's like, Yeah, I don't need shit, we can go on a fucking vacation, that's fine. Yeah, because my mine, exactly, yeah, mine would be like. Well, we want to. We want to do both. We want a vacation, and we want a bunch of shit. <laughs> like, well, too fucking bad. So we're just gonna wait till they all move out and then pull the Christmas with the cranks and go do it on our own. Honestly, it, it's it like kind of at that age, you know, where it's kind of yeah. gone away from 
having tons of stuff to ah here throw me some money wow. and shit you know so get what I want so that's what like you know so that's partly what we did anyway you know what I mean we obviously got him a few things all right that we we're here for when we got sure. home but um sure. for the most part yeah it was just like hey here's some cash <laughs> there you go let's go yeah let's go let's go have fun so, yeah. I'm I'm a big experiences guy I would I would just as much rather have a great experience than have like a thing you know Mm-hmm. You know, I gotcha. So if if a, if a present was to go, you know, I don't know, fucking skydiving or some shit, that would be just as good to me as getting, you know, something expensive that I just have at home. So I'm a big experiences guy. That's good. Nice way to be. Just get me guitar strings. <laughs> yeah. Wife just that. got me D and yeah, the wife just got me D and D shit. So I mean, and that's fine too. Uh, I don't ever get to play, but yeah, I just got. That's it. Yeah, like it was it last previous year? My wife got me this book that's like it was a D and D book, but it was like um, it was like it, it's like Monsters of D and D or something like that. And it's yeah. actually technically like a kids book, but it's like a, it's like a DM helper book for like younger people for the look but it's really cool <laughs> it's actually really good you know um but uh yeah so it's like stuff like that yeah yeah you know, we don't need tons of shit we're simple uh-huh. folk yeah just yeah. just something i can play uh for my birthday this year my this past year my wife got me a uh, uh unofficial horror movie coloring book like yeah, just, and it, yeah nice. that's fine it's, yeah it's 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 un it's unofficial, so they don't show the faces of any of the actual like right. murderers in it. It's just from the back, and everything's like kind of off. Like when you see those pictures of uh, action figures from like Thailand, and it's like Superior Man instead of Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got yeah. An S that's like sideways. Robotic just, police. Yeah. <laughs> Adolescent mutant samurai tortoises and they're just they're all like frogs yeah it's, it's, blastoise it's like that, but... <laughs> from fucking pokemon <laughs> painted green something like that uh, did I, well, I hope everybody say, did, I, did i show you this yet uh-uh i can't i can't really read it uh it's, it's a gigantic pint stein thing and it has uh because i'm the dungeon master that's why Oh no! I think you did show oh, us that. I think you you might have showed. Uh, I think you might have showed me and Phil. Oh, did you, did you have it last time? Uh, probably, yeah, yeah. I probably did have it then because I got it before yeah, Christmas. But yeah, I think you showed that to us. But still, it's true. Awesome. It's true. Um, no, I haven't recorded in a while. Uh, I hope everybody liked the little clip show put together. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, forgot about some of the things. Me you know, too. Listening like, back know, on it, and I was like, oh. I know we've had, a, I know we've had a good laugh, but a lot of times before and after we recorded, I need to go look through and see what we found. And I was looking through, I was like, fuck, there's so much shit. I was like, nah, I'm not gonna put that in. The world doesn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay for that kind of information. Damn straight. Speaking of, <laughs> sign up for Patreon. Goddamn right. Only the Patreon people can see me doing this. But, yeah. So uh y'all are missing out on me some doing some pretty marvelous finger gun action. I might do that as the uh, snippet for YouTube and then just put like the sensor bar over your finger guns. Yeah. Just so they For copywritten now, you can access them via um <laughs> Patreon. They do the uh, okay. do the pixelation over them. <laughs> oh, well, if you're going to do that, I may as well give you another one to do. 
There you go. There you go. I'm show that one to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so like we had talked, um, before we had started the show, uh, going to try to get, I know we have a few episodes out there that are like hour and a half hour, 45 minutes, you know, I'm going to try and maybe step away from that a little bit, try and keep these a little bit more, uh, consumable, I guess you could say, uh, around an hour. So this one will be split into two episodes. Could be one episode, but. Um, okay. We don't, I don't feel like editing a two plus hour episode. So fuck off if you don't like it. I wish you, uh, but this is, this one's going to be a little bit more of a history lesson than, um, which I guess all of our shows are kind of history lessons, but this one's going to be more, (laughs) more of a history lesson, uh, mostly of Cambodia and Pol Pot's early Life like the beginning of our do you mean um episode in our first episode of Synanon, stuff like that. Just trying to get in the know of the players before we get to all the uh brutality. Won't be a whole lot of yes. that on, on this episode. So, so you're taking the Stephen King method. Yes. I'm gonna Well, Stephen King method would be I lure you in with the first episode. Everything's, you know, kind of slow building. You get to know everybody. Second episode, all the brutality. Third episode, try to fumble, try to fumble over myself while I figure out how to finish it <laughs> because the climax, because the climax is like two thirds of the way into the book, and then the rest of the book is just like, okay, okay, we're done. I lost connection there, and I thought you were just sitting there listening to me while I was talking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. then, and then you just go, <laughs> and the climax of the book, because <laughs> all you can see is you sitting there like this. It's like, wow, he's really engrossed with what I'm saying right now. <laughs> And, and I was talking, and next thing then, you're just like... <laughs> ah, the Irish internet. <laughs> Goddamn piece of shit. <laughs> trying to figure it out. We just keep going. If I miss something big or think I need to stop, I'll go... <laughs> like this. Yeah, do the Team, do the, the team, team America. America World Police. <laughs> and uh, He's saying, he's saying kiss me, kiss me. <laughs> Oh, fuck. All right, before we get into it, I just want to call out our main reference for this series. It's Paul Pot by Andy Koopmans, uh, part of the Heroes and Villains series of biography books. Also, the Khmer language is fucking weird. No offense to any Cambodians or Vietnamese or Laos or uh, Laotians that might be out there listening to us. Um it's got vowels and consonants where it doesn't feel like there should be. It's like, that's not right. That's not how you spell things. Uh, and if you have, like, you can't say two... that American, you can't give out about people <laughs> spelling have, things. Like, if you have like aluminum, two... aluminum, 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 <laughs> fuck off. That's how you guys say it. Uh, if you have like two specific letters next to each other at the beginning of a word, and then you don't pronounce one of them or some shit, it's, it's fucking weird. Uh, it's a difficult language for a Midwestern English speaker. It's a difficult fucking language. The um, the first book I was reading about this, uh, he actually puts a disclaimer in the beginning of the book before the book starts. It's like, here's how you pronounce words. <laughs> and he actually has to go over the basic pronunciation of the Khmer language so you know what the fuck you're saying. It's ridiculous. Re- 
ridiculous. So it's like so the start of a D and D module. That's what of, all of them have. <laughs> it's the pronunciation guide. Yeah, you're reading the fucking Solarian from uh, <laughs> Tolkien, and it's like I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Shilaub, shilaub. <laughs> so I'm gonna do my best. I apologize in advance because trust me, a lot of you, if you know this language, you're going to be sitting back going, "Well, that's not right." And if you know how Kevin tends to tackle pronunciation of Asian anything, <laughs> we all know yeah, how that not, tends to go. <laughs> it's it's not my most shining moment. No. <laughs> I want to no. learn like Mandarin or Cantonese or something, just so I could say fuck, and then still pronounce everything wrong. Still pronounce well, everything with a thick Midwestern accent. As we learned just before at, at, at Christmas during our Christmas special with yeah. the pod, the award-winning podcast mogul feel better that the correct way to pronounce Asian words is to say a next word b. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the entire day. I talked about it for a good two hours after I went back inside. I loved it. It was my favorite part. God damn it. I love that, man. Oh, fuck. All right. So let's get into it if there's nothing else to uh, banter about, I guess. Nope. Salath Zar was born in May 1920. And again, since the the, the language is fucked up, Salazar could be Steve to them. I don't know. So if I'm pronouncing that wrong, who knows? Okay, but so I've watched Steve was YouTube born. videos. <laughs> Steve Cooper was yeah. born. <laughs> I watched enough YouTube videos. I think I got that part right. Anyway, Salazar was born May 1928 in the village of Prexpo, in the province of Kongpong Tam, Cambodia. He was the seventh son and eighth of nine children to farmer father Salath Pen and Sok Nem, his mother, who was a well-respected woman in the community. They were, by all accounts, a prosperous family, owning 22 acres of rice paddy, seven acres of garden land, and six buffalo, and produced enough rice to feed about 20 people a day. I guess in uh, Cambodia at the time, that's how you gauged your wealth, was by heads of buffalo. How many people can you feed? I mean, fuck, more buffalo than I got. Well, that's, yeah, they can feed more people than I can. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> so... I can barely feed the ones in my house, and I have a full-time job, <laughs> and make limited amount of money off doing this bullshit. So, <laughs> Wait, you make money off this shit? <laughs> oh, I haven't told you yet. <laughs> Your cut's coming, don't worry. Yeah. <sighs> Cambodia was primarily inhabited by ethnic Khmer who were the earliest known indigenous people to the uh, region, dating back to before 4200 B.C. Now, their lifestyle was not much different from that. At that, Their lifestyle was mu not much different from that time, where they mostly tilled the fields and fished the river. However, by the time Salazar was born, Cambodia had lost much of its territory and power due to invasions from Vietnam and Thailand which weakened the Khmer Empire. 1863, Prince Norodom requested France take control, and they did, 
ruling Cambodia by the time Salath was born through King Monavog. There's there's your first problem. Don't ask anybody in the West to rule your country for you. We will ruin it. (laughs) From the Middle East over, don't. Just do it yourself. It'll be okay. Now, although the French built roads, railways, and public works projects that beautified the capital and provided electricity to smaller towns... They treated the Cambodian people as incompetent toddlers incapable of ruling themselves and of progressing. But they obviously weren't, though, if they asked the fucking French for help. (laughs) You know, like... Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. It's like, we can... We're good, we can do it ourselves. Are you sure? No, you do it for me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's fucked shit We've got the many short and And there weren't any public schools, so children could only receive primary schooling from Buddhist monks at monasteries if their parents could afford it. Fortunately for Salazar, for Salazar, his cousin, Luke Kun Meek, was a member of the royal ballet at the palace and one of King Manavog's wives. She helped Salah's older brother, Loth Sung, become a clerk at the palace. And when Salah turned six, his parents sent him to live with his brother's family in Phnom Penh, the capital, and enrolled him in Butumbadi Monastery near the palace for education. At the age of eight, he went to Ekormich, a private French Catholic school, near the palace. That uh, name of the monastery sounds like a line from a song. Bootumbadi. 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 I gotta put that little funk behind it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People can't see at home, but we're both dancing the same white way. Just shaking our head back and forth. Get back up off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Get like get down on it. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> Next time I hear that song, I'm just gonna go boom, birdie. Yeah, uh, and you reminded me of something. The way you said it, it's obviously the way the syllables went. It's like God, that sounds like a song. Oh, fucking shit. So there's no real stories to be told for this time. He was a so-so student, charming, quiet, polite. By the time he graduated in 1942, there had finally been more high schools built, and he was picked to attend College Nordum Sihanouk, named after the new ruler, the nephew of King Manavog, put in place by the French after the king died. Now, Sihanouk is one of these types that, at times, you can look at and say, oh, okay, yeah, he's he's doing what he's got to do. But most of the time, you would say, what a cowardly piece of shit. And he would sell his mother for the smallest amount of power and money. They're always a uh, piece now of ju- shit. Now, just before Salath went to college, Sihanouk, the Germans invaded France. And since the Nazi regime had control of the French government, their allies, the Japanese, were allowed to send troops to Cambodia. The Cambodians actually welcomed it somewhat. July 20th, 1942, 
500 Buddhist monks and 200 civilians, inspired by the Japanese expansion, led a march through the streets of Phnom Penh to the residence of the French colonial officials to protest the brutality of the French occupied forces in their presence in and their presence in Cambodia. Of course, when the Cambodians started getting arrested, the Japanese did nothing to help. Almost all of the protesters were arrested. So you, you can kind of see the beginning of tension between the people and their colonizers. You know, they've lived with it for a long time, but at, at a certain point, people are like, you know, we, we shouldn't have to put up with this. They kind you know, of pulled should, should... They kind of pulled what we did back during World War One when we saw when our, um, basically our, War of Independence, well, the, the, the Easter Rising and all that stuff started back in 1916. All that was because they looked at the British were weakened at the time because they were all fighting another war. So they went, now's our opportunity. Let's step up. Yeah. And do something about it. Only to be beaten back down, sadly. <laughs> so, no! <laughs> oh, you can't. Mm-hmm. The cat's rolling on the floor looking at me going, Pet me, pet me. Yeah, the dog will do this thing where he'll get on his back and he'll like curl his head way over to his ass almost and just go. Huh. <laughs> it's like, all right, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you fucking whore. Animals are weird. Now, when the Germans finally surrendered in 1945, the Japanese instead of packing up and headed home, doubled down. That March, they led a full invasion of Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam, arresting all the French and urging the colonies to declare their independence, which they did. However, just a few months later, the good old U.S. of A. decided to drop two massive bombs on Japan, leading to their surrender and of course, that we all know, Japanese were going to surrender regardless of the fucking bombs. We didn't really need to do that. That's just something that our government and the people who were building the bomb just really, really wanted to do. I was going to say, look, you had a new toy. You wanted to test it out. You wanted to see what's up with this. You know, that's... It's like, what'd you do to the TV? Oh, I changed the channel. With your hammer? I wanted to try yeah. it out! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Homer Simpson shooting the TV <laughs> off with his gun. It's like, yeah. I just want to use it. I just imagine a president sitting there and like the leader of the military basically like, uh, being like, no, sir, we don't think we should do this. He's like, but come on! <laughs> <laughs> He's got that... He's got that new pretty little box on his desk with the red button on it. And he's just yeah. kind of like flicking out the little plexiglass cover over it. Like, so you're saying they're going to surrender anyway? Probably. So I don't actually have to use this? No. Can I anyway? And they're like, fine, president. Press the button. Yeah, he's like, but freedom? <laughs> but counterpoint. Freedom. Freedom. You make a good point, Mr. President. And then he does it once. He's like, what's wrong, Mr. President? I didn't do it right. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty anticlimactic. You can can do it one more time, but then that's it. 
Hundreds of thousands of people have died. Okay, let's. Except for that enough. one dude, that miraculous, that, that whole story, that one guy that survived. Yeah, he, <laughs> he survived was... that one and then yeah. went over and survived the other one. And he's yeah. just like. Just something a... happened. Something crazy happened to him. Like, there's like a. He got hit by a car. What was it that happened to him? There's something else crazy as well. Like, he's like the luckiest man in the world. It's so funny. God love him. Oh, was that. Oh, he was in. Um... He was in like a train wreck. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. He was he, he survived both of those, and then he was in a train wreck. Or he was in a train wreck first, and then he was in those. Yeah, I remember vaguely that story. Final destination shit right there. That's what that is. Like, you know, Death is like looking down dude, like, what the fuck, dude? Come on. Now, after, after this, Allied forces arrived in Cambodia and arrested or kicked out the Japanese, freed the French prisoners, and returned power to the French government. Like most Cambodians, Salath, Salath was disappointed with the sudden return to colonial rule. So the French, realizing that holding control wasn't going to be as easy as it once was, you know, with the whole got a taste of freedom thing, yep. they decided that to get a little, you'd have to give a little. And the next year, they granted Cambodia the right to a constitution. Almost overnight, political parties were formed. The strongest and most popular, with the educated and more liberal, were the Democrats. Go figure. The educated people lean left. Uh, but, but... There's levels to it, all right. If you're standing, if you're like standing there in the middle, middle, and you're complete independent, and then you kind of lean a little to the left, you can be a Democrat. You lean a little more, you're a progressive. And then if you just completely lie flat down on your left side and you start saying things like, "Give the production to the people," <laughs> you're probably a communist. So <laughs> there's levels to it. I can't remember what TV show it was with somebody saying something like about there was the days when you could separate Republicans and Democrats with a sheet of paper. And that was literally like the difference between their ideology. Like it was just the most minor of things. Like, yeah, well, now it's so what, like, so okay. you go back into the 1800s and the Democrats and Republicans were, at least here in America, were completely opposite of what they are now. The Democrats were the horrible racists. That wanted only states' rights. The Republicans were um, the ones that wanted to give rights to more people and have things ruled more by the federal government. And then, sometime in the early 1900s uh, or the mid 1900s, they completely flipped sides. Uh, but still, if you look back at like presidential campaigns uh, between Reagan and uh, Bush and a few of the others, and you listen to them, they're like, like border control. They're talking about making it easier for illegal for illegals to uh, become citizens and how we should take care of them and and make sure that they come into this country that they're you know that we welcome them. And now it's and now it's like we need gun turrets on the border. <laughs> With the five-year-old with the itchy trigger fingers. Pop, 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 pop. Well, keep your tacos, but we don't want new people. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You bring me your fajitas, but you stay over there, Fidel. Yeah, yeah. 
They keep forgetting you can't have Tex-Mex without the Mex. God damn it. That's right. Unfortunately, you can't have it without the Tex either. Oh, yeah. Apologies to all of our Texas fans. Uh, now, this included Salazar. Uh, he was he was a Democrat. So much so that when the elections for the National Assembly came up the next year, Salath worked for the Democratic campaign. He left school without receiving his high school diploma and went to work. And they won. Big. For all of you who can't see this, all I see, it's weird because I see Dan's full body, but just a tail poking. There, there's the cat. She was on my the top of my chair and she decided, oh, I'm going to walk down. But before that, I don't know if you saw me kind of turn my head like this. It's because she was yeah. like sniffing and licking beside my head. So she's like, oh, I'm going to crawl down you now. <sighs> she might actually calm down and start lying down now because she's gotten into the habit now of getting into my arms and falling asleep. So Yeah. But the Democrats won big. Uh, about two-thirds of all the seats were won by the Democrats. However, Sihanouk, who, along with the French, opposed the Dems and had 17 of the newly elected Democrat members arrested on fake charges to get them out of office. Some were sent to Saigon and tortured before being released, never hearing of what their charges were. Just picked up off the street, taken to Saigon, beaten for a while, and let go. And you're just like, what happened? Say, do you arrest people and lock them up without ever telling them why? You might be communist. (laughs) Actually, Sihanouk and the rest of them were the anti-communists. Yeah! (laughs) They were the, the, he he was more of a, uh, uh, well, I mean, he 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 was a king. Technically, but still, but communist. Yeah, see, see, look, see, <laughs> he's not. He, he well, he's an he's an imperialist, and he's a capitalist, as long as the French tell him to be. So, Sienuk is one of these guys who he comes out with hate against the communists until the communists can help him, and then he loves the communists until he's told not to, and then he hates them again. And then they come to his rescue, and he loves them again. He really I, is just a flip-floppy piece of shit. I was going to say, are you trying to tell me he's a politician? Something, yeah. Well, that's the thing. A king shouldn't have to be a politician. You're a king. All right, it's kind of, you know, the country does whatever the fuck you're supposed to say. You shouldn't have to worry about being a politician. Just do whatever you want. But, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Now, a few years later, Siaduk completely dissolved the assembly and ruled by decree. He's like, I don't like this. Take it away. I'll just do it myself. Uh, Leading to some guerrilla resistance groups along the countryside. Assisted by the Vietnamese, who were also fighting the French for independence, Salazar decided to get out of politics for now and try to make a career in the trades. Enrolling in École Technique in Phnom Penh Penh, to study carpentry. However, because of his help in the elections, he was awarded a scholarship to study radio technology in Paris, paid for by the Ministry of Education. Unfortunately for millions, Salath 
accepted the scholarship and went to France in 1949. You just imagine getting on a plane to France and be like, the horror, the horror. So many people will die because of this decision because you got on a plane to France. Ah, there's loads of those little decisions, like the infamous one of the guy in World War One who could have shot Hitler, but chose not to. Oh yeah, when he was, yeah, when, when, he was, was when he was fighting down in the trenches yeah. and shit. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, that's imagine all, being that's that all... guy. Like, <laughs> if you had a time machine, you wouldn't go back. You, you wouldn't go back and kill Hitler. You go back and slap that guy in the face. <laughs> you're that guy, and you're watching TV, and you're like, "New uprising! Looks like we're gonna have trouble over there in Germany." And you're just yeah. like. Wait a minute. Yeah. I know that guy. Fuck. I know that guy. <laughs> hey, babe, come here. See that guy? I almost shot him in the face. <laughs> My bad. One of the problems with growing a beard is proper beard care. Going on a website or even to a brick and mortar store and seeing dozens of different options whether it be oils, washes, balms, lotions, razors, butters, or just a massive amount of different companies all trying to sell you virtually the same product with a different logo. It can be difficult and overwhelming. And even worse... <clears throat> see, I already fucked it up. <laughs> and even worse so if you're trying to buy beard products for someone else. Well, thebeardstruggle.com has made that process infinitely easier with their beard kits and bundles. Anything from a simple oil kit that gives you day tonic and night elixir. To the complete beard care bundle that gives you the day and night oils, beard shampoo, beard conditioner, beard balm, and the Viking Sea Mineral Beard Mask. The beard growth bundle that comes with the Boxster Growth Accelerator and the Derma Roller. To Cracky Shave Kit that gives you everything you need to keep your beard short and trimmed up. To the mother of all beard kits, the Apex Bundle 2.0, that comes with 15 different products including the heated beard brush and straightener. And if you're still just not sure what bundle to get, you can take their beard routine quiz and the beard struggle will tell you what the best beard care routine and products are for your specific beard type and price range. The beard struggle takes the confusion out of what you get, what to get. <laughs> anyway, the beard struggle takes the. <laughs> the reading the ad struggle. <laughs> the beard struggle takes the confusion out of what to get for your beard or that special beard wearer in your life. And the best part is since it's a bundle, you save money. And with our exclusive discount code, TORTURE19, that's T-O-R-T-U-R-E 19, you'll save even more, 19% at checkout. And with their 90-day money-back guarantee, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. And since they never test on animals, you can feel good supporting an ethical company that also produces a quality product. TheBeardStruggle.com. Do us right for your beard. Do what's right for your face. Sort your fucking beard out. Now, keeping to just 
the other Khmer students while there. In 1950, he volunteered to labor in Yugoslavia, which is actually probably the first amount of hard work he's ever had to do. Um, he moved away from his parents to join, to start school when he was six, so he never really had to work the rice fields or anything like that. So this working in Yugoslavia along with the Soviet people was really his first uh, for foray into manual labor. And uh, he actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, he would become inspired by the country's drive to improve the nation more than focusing on the people themselves. He's like, oh, this is great. We're building up the country. And all of you who are slaving, uh, fuck you. <laughs> Pretty much. Because well, he, knew, he knew his time was going to be up at some point. He was volunteering. So he'd get to leave at some point. The rest of these people were stuck. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Go back to his life of not having his fingernails dirty. Yeah, no shit. Well, well it's 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 France, so he could just Oh sorry I'm sorry then. Low fingernails then. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was saying. He could just be dirty <laughs> just because it's Paris. And apparently Paris is a filthy filthy city back then. I don't know about now, but my dad was in Paris for a little bit when he was in the army. He said he said it was disgusting. I, I wasn't a massive fan of it when I was there, but apparently I didn't go to all the right places when I was, so Yeah, you didn't know. go to any of the washrooms where they don't clean stuff or it's just everything's dirty. Well more <laughs> clean. Yeah, it's a walk. Go to Clean Town. That's just down the road. <laughs> clean town, Paris, France. Salath Zar was introduced to new Khmer Paris students the following year in Paris. Two of them, Thiun Mum and Kang Vensek were members of the French Communist Party. Kang liked Salazar and helped him find an apartment near the artistic center of Paris, where, left, where far left ideals were discussed frequently in the cafes. The group joined the Khmer Students Association, or the KSA. There are a lot of acronyms in these episodes, just so you know. <laughs> For no reason, they change them all the time. It's like, pick one and roll with it. It's like civil service here. God. Yeah. Uh, the group joined the KSA, which eventually evolved... Oh, shit. Which eventually uh, evolved into a radical left leftist group that held resentment towards Sihanouk and the French. They began to read works by Marx, Mao Zedong, and Stalin, and were mentored by the local French Communist Party. They held meetings to discuss communist ideology and future revolution, during which Salath reported expressed his uh, reportedly expressed his ambition for power, stating, quote, "It is I who will direct the revolutionary organization." I will become the secretary general of the party. I will control the ministries and I will see that there is no deviation from the line fixed by the central committee in the entrance, in the interest of the people. Dan, you thought I was going to do a super racist Asian voice, didn't you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, especially not after earlier on when you were doing the back and forth between <laughs> an Asian person and, and a French person, and you just did like nearly Canadian voice or something, and the French voice. So you're like, and I was like, oh, he's sticking pure Caucasian right here. <laughs> yeah. He ain't taking no chances. I'm gonna do my Asian voice. Good day, yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> Four flavor. 
Schaefer. Now, despite the long-standing hostility between Cambodia and Vietnam, Salath interacted with the Vietnamese communists and embraced the alliance between the two countries against the French and their financial backers, the United States. After these interactions, Salath and the others were eager to see the Khmer People's Party, or the KPP, a communist revolutionary force fighting against the French in Vietnam, start uh, their own revolution in Cambodia. Now, it's easy to forget. Through during all this time in Paris, Salath was spending so much time discussing politics and revolution, he wasn't doing any of his actual schoolwork. <laughs> it's like, they just call him on the phone. He's like, are you coming to class today? Revolution! <laughs> so should I put you down for like an unexcused absence or... You have a doctor's note? What? Uh, and Still so they busy hanging his... around with fucking beatniks and assholes <laughs> by the sounds of things. <laughs> he's got fucking William S. Burroughs hanging around him, yeah. talking about how he's going to write naked lunch. Uh, so they cut off his scholarship for poor grades. In January 1953, he returned to Phnom Penh with no degree, but now radically changed. A degree in the streets. That's what he has now. You know, it's, it was all about the revolution. King I think it's kind of funny, you... sorry. I was going to say, you, know, you can see clear as fucking day the path that this guy's going down. Yeah. <laughs> After he gets there, you know. It's so goddamn obvious. <laughs> yeah, somebody's just watching him from afar going, He's going to be the cause of death of millions of people. You just wait, just wait and see. I'll bet you Reese's on it. King Sihanouk had just declared martial law throughout the country, dissolving the National Assembly for a third time. He had done it again while he was uh, while Salas was in Paris. This was the third time he was doing it. It's like, let's make another National Assembly. Okay, go ahead. No, nah, I don't like that one either. Break it up. <laughs> Because they refused to grant him special extra constitutional powers. Which is the point of a fucking constitution. Be like, okay, you put that in there that I can only do this. But can I do this? No, it says right there that you can't. Get out. I, don't li- I don't like this at all. Yeah, Sounds like Trump when he started. <laughs> when he started canning everyone, it's like... <laughs> he didn't like what they ordered for lunch or some shit, or nobody agreed with something he said. He's like, yeah, God, that's it, you're fired. He's, oh, trust me. He's stacked yeah, the place C- with people who would agree with him. Sihanouk is a little bit like Trump. I see him more of like a Ted Cruz, where he's going to stand hard on his mor- laurels until something happens and he has to change him. Then he's like, no, I was like this the whole time. You don't know what you're talking about. Or Ramaswamy. Like, you- Trump-, Trump is like Paul Pot. And you'll find out more of that when we get to the next episode when it comes to inability to accept what he's done is wrong, paranoia, all this stuff that just completely consumes him. It's like when I was reading that, I was like, oh, that's maybe our that is our former and maybe our next president. So great. Wonderful. I feel bad for y'all. It's scary. Yeah. Salath moved in with his brother long Loth Swung and would go on and on about his time in Yugoslavia and his love for the Soviet Union. 
So soon after, he left and went on a several-month walk east to Vietnam, arriving in a Viet Minh encampment in August of 1953. Telling the guerrillas that he was a member of the French Communist Party, he was inducted into the Indo-Chinese Communist Party, or the ICP, the top tier of the Communist Party in the southeast in Southeast Asia, and they re- they really are all the other Communist parties in this part of the world, kind of broke off from from the IC from the um, Indo-Chinese Communist Party. That's like the top one, and everything else kind of branched from it. Now, although because he was Khmer, he was seen as a subordinate and was given labor jobs like carrying buckets of shit from the latrine. He did, however, learn how to organize and train recruits, how to work with the masses at the base and build up the independence of committees, uh, the independence of committees at the village level, member by, by member. He, he, it wasn't just a, here, go carry this bucket of shit. He, he was gaining on-the-work, on-the-job experience for his eventual takeover of the country. So he's like a communist intern. Instead of getting coffee, he's getting buckets of shit. Yeah. (laughs) You'll learn a thing or two, kid. He's Ryan from The Office. Eventually, he will lead the whole thing, (laughs) and it'll be a disaster. He'll He'll grow a weird beard. It'll just, it's just no good. Uh He was also seen as valuable for his connections to the Democrats in Cambodia, members of the royal palace, and to the French communists. And by actually spending time in the forest with the guerrillas doing the actual work, he moved up the ranks much faster than others. Which, I mean, I guess, you know. So you go to carry in that shit. The person with the experience, not the person with just the degree, you know. If you got somebody who's got both, you know. Well, he, he got a degree, though. <laughs> no, he didn't get one. Huh. He left before he got his high school diploma. So, And then he got kicked out of Paris, so he didn't get a degree there either. See now, kids, that's what happens if you don't work hard at school. You end up carrying buckets of shit for a living. But then you'll run your own country into the ground in three and a half years. So I mean, you got that to look forward to. <laughs> Oh, am I focusing on the wrong thing? <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. Focus on the wrong thing. You too can be covered on a history podcast. <laughs> Kids, would you like your own torture episode? For Here's all, all the right do. reasons. Write a 500-word essay on why you think, of what ethnic you think, ethnicity you think should be cleansed from the world. You oh, just too might get your own episode. It's funny because it's true. It happens almost, and it's horrible. So in 1954, the first Indochina War ended, the French losing the Battle of Dinh Binh Phu, peace made official in Geneva in July. Vietnam was divided in half, and they and Cambodia were allowed free elections. However, the Vietnamese communists had to leave Cambodia abandoning the Cambodian communists and leaving them to retreat home. So, Salath returned to Phnom Penh and soon worked with the Democrats as a liaison between them and the communists. But just before the elections were held, Sihanouk decided to abdicate the throne to his father so he could run for office as a private citizen. 
He started the Popular Socialist Community and an aggressive and violent campaign with it. The police and military attacking and even killing members of the opposing parties. Before, before you finish that sentence, I thought you were saying he was starting a uh, popular, um, what you call it, uh, social media. <laughs> I was saying something for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> Truth social? <laughs> she enough Truth so-so. Truth so-so. Uh, intimidation at the polls led to CNX party winning every seat in the new National Assembly, meaning all communists had to go underground, leave the country, or openly oppose Sihanouk. Salath decided for a double life, teaching French literature at a high school in Phnom Penh while also working with the ICP and the KPP in secret. Worked with the ICP and the KPP because they were down with the OPP, with the CIA and the FBI. I was gonna say this sounds like this sounds like the plot for some movie, like like you know, like the the lives of others. Do you ever see that? I I don't think so. No, it's a it's a brilliant film. We should definitely check yeah. it out. But like it, it's like the whole thing is like so he becomes a literary professor while he's also a revolutionary kind of thing fighting in the background with the fucking what you call it, the fucking right-wing assholes yeah. or whatever. Like, that's really, like, fucking, yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like one of those kind of movies. Like, yeah. He's just standing in front of the classroom. He's like, John, did you read your Voltaire? I told you you got to read pages 55 through 60. Opens up a window. Shoots <laughs> an AK-47. <laughs> closes the window. Now, you've got to get to that reading. I don't know what to tell you. You're never going to learn about the class structure in France if you don't get to that reading. God. Imagine having him as your teacher and then years later being like, hey, do you remember when, uh, when you know, when Mr. O'Brien uh, started that revolution and, you know, uh, ran the country to the ground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. Do you guys remember Mr. Shit teacher. <laughs> Oh, you mean the French teacher? Yeah, you know what he's doing now? What? Ruling <laughs> Cambodia with an iron fist. Yeah. Man. Yay. I'll invite him to the reunion. <laughs> Guess he'll be busy. Gives himself actually, teacher of the year award. Well, well here's the, he was apparently a fairly popular teacher that struck a chord with his students. They said that, you know, they actually enjoyed uh, listening to him talk. He was charming. And fairly polite. So obviously teaching a bunch of communists then. Well, they weren't communists The future communists of tomorrow. (laughs) He used his platform to recruit new communists. He's like, here's your homework for the day. And if anybody's interested, I'm having a mixer afterwards. It's all, we're all red. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have pamphlets to hand out. Uh, You too. I don't know. <laughs> you got <laughs> lost in your own joke. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, got, I was like, where am I going with this? Fuck it. Just abandon. <laughs> abandon. Just pulling the switch. Abandon ship. And everybody's jumping off the rats and the other one's going down. Uh, however, being a communist at this time was extremely dangerous, leading many to meet in secret and using passwords and fake names. Salath was no different, deciding to use the alias... Pole. He's not Pol Pot yet. 
just Paul. Ooh. Mr. Pot, if you're nasty. <laughs> now, jump forward to 1960 in one of these secret meetings. The newly established Khmer Communist Party Congress decided to support the Vietnamese communists and their plan to invade South Vietnam. Changed the name to the Worker Workers' Party of Kampucha, the WPK, which was the Khmer name for the country. They didn't call it Cambodia. They called it Kampucha. Salath was put third in line for the secretary general of the party, assigned to be the secretary general's assistant, which was pretty much the he was that was the leader of the party, the secretary general. So, so, so they to, so they're running what is realistically is a communist party, and they decide to rename it so that it comes across as a bit more, more say, not family friendly, but more everyday man. They took the word friendly. communist out of it. Yeah, and they raise it with worker, which yep. basically speaks directly to everybody in the country who is not rich. Yeah. <laughs> but if you know anything about communists, putting worker in there is another, it's just a synonym for communist if you're the workers' party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, well, I don't really know. <laughs> but, but, but they took the word communist completely out of it. And that was by design, um, as you see in the uh, maybe a little <laughs> bit of this episode, but mostly in the next episode. You'll see why. <laughs> Sanitar uh, Super Happy Friend Club. Come join us. <laughs> it's just him. We got all the good like, Kool Aid. It's just him and like three underage worker <laughs> children who are covered in dirt because they're forced to work under a communist regime, just dancing and singing songs at a variety yeah. hour. <laughs> they teach uh, Simondo and the local <laughs> net club on the weekend. <laughs> He does actually have his own security force, uh, police force that goes and investigates stuff, but it's not, it's nothing near like Cynodel. I was going to say, are they going to be Cynodel ninjas? That'd be <laughs> fucking re- awesome. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a regular, like, Khmer name. It's nothing weird. Dave. Uh, it's, it's, hor- it's, hor- it's horrible, <laughs> but it's not, it's, yeah, it's not like a bunch of white guys in tight jeans pulled up a little too high trying to do judo in the fucking in the fucking house somewhere it's uh you know it's military yeah not quite over cool, the next then. over the next couple of years the party took hit after hit first a high ranking party member was discovered to have been a spy for Sihanouk, creating an environment of distrust and paranoia, and possibly planting a seed in Salat's brain for later in life. Judas bastard. Yeah. Then the leader, Tao Samoth, Samoth, Sam Mouth, however the fuck you want to pronounce it. Tao it's spelled Sand Sam. It's oh, pronoun- Sand Mouth. It's, it's spelled Sam Mouth. So it's probably Samoth, but it looks like Sam Mouth. So that's probably what I'm going to say. Sam Mouth. It's literally the only time I got a case of Sam Mouth. It's literally the only time I'm going to say it through the entire series, so I might as well have fun with it now. He's an ears, nose, and Sam Mouth doctor. <laughs> Sam Mouth is when you're stuck on like this. Because a potato. That's what it is. Mash him, bite him, put him in stew. Uh. And the leader, Tao Samoth, 
disappeared and was presumed murdered by Sihanouk. So enough enough with him <laughs> causing infighting and pitting member against member on who could have given the government information. Salath was even looked at as a possible traitor, but he took the opportunity to replace Tao as acting secretary general and then took the position permanently in February of 1963. So he is now the leader of the WPK. A month later, he and other communists would be forced into the jungles and countryside once Sihanouk decided to crack down. Salas spent the next two years with the Vietnamese at a base codenamed Office 100 near the Vietnamese border, essentially a hostage forbidden to leave the base and cut off from the world except for a shortwave radio. What sort of name is Office 100? Like, you could have come up with some really cool James Bond asking, like, go to K599, or like, you know, or something stupid like that, like, you know, like Devil's Island or something. What do you want to call it? Yeah, uh, I well, I just installed uh, the new version of Office on my laptop. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's Office 100. So, Office 100. So, it's, that'll got do. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a jungle theme to it. Yeah. You get there and you're like, where's Q with my new weapons? Like, yeah. This is a bamboo stick. What's it turn into? <laughs> a sharpened bamboo stick? I don't know. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. We're in the jungle in Vietnam, dude. Then little cartoon paper I don't know why comes I out and starts telling you how to do shit. Dude from California. I don't <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I was doing with that one. It's better than going Asian anyway, so that's all that matters. <laughs> I didn't go Asian. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, which might be a racist thing to say also. I didn't go Asian. You never go full Asian. <laughs> Just gonna put an apology uh, snippet after the entire show. Just apologize for everything. I'm sorry. In 1965, he was summoned to Hanoi by the Vietnamese Communist Party leader Li Dun. He walked the Ho Chi Minh Trail through Cambodia and Laos for two months, but once he got there, he suffered from humiliating treatment, reprimanded by Li Dun for making trouble for Sihanouk, telling him to, quote, renounce revolutionary struggles and wait for Vietnamese to win their victory, which would automatically produce victory in Cambodia. Not exactly how it works, but okay. Question, uh, though, was, why yeah. didn't you just get the bus? <laughs> just take the bus. Maybe he, maybe he was angry because he took two months to get there. It's like, hey, lad, will you call down to me? I need to, we need to have a meeting. Yeah, cool. I start leaving. I'm leaving my house right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm leaving now. Yeah, bye, 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 bye. Call back on the phone. It's like, where are you at? I'm on my way. That's what you said two months yeah. ago. <laughs> I'm nearly there. I swear. I'm nearly there. I'm like five days away. I can like see your city from away. where I'm standing. <laughs> Just I'm at a red light. Just hold on. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of walking uh, because, you know, Cambodia and Laos and Vietnam aren't known for their public transportation, at least not at this point. Not yet. Uh, Fair enough. And yeah, a lot of walking. Plus, plus you're doing it through uh, the jungle and war-torn areas, so you have to know exactly where you can go and where you can't go and sneak that, around. That sounds like a him problem, though. Like, you know what I mean? That's, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
Come on, speed it up. I don't care. It's like Gordon Ramsay when he's yelling at people on Hell's Kitchen to cook faster. It's like it's like I can only I can only make this beef Wellington cook so fast in this oven. It's like that's a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> Damn straight. Now this was obviously not what Salath wanted to hear. You know, he didn't want to be reprimanded. He didn't want to hear to just let the Vietnamese do what they needed to do and you'll be fine. Um, but he did decide to go ahead and stay in North Vietnam for a few more months, waiting for permission to meet with Mao Zedong, leader of China, hoping to form a friendship between the Chinese communists and the WPK. He was eventually allowed to go to Beijing. By this time, Mao's great leap forward had caused uncountable deaths from famine, and Mao had launched a cultural revolution to erase past Chinese culture. Yes, in case you were wondering, at some point, we will do a series on Mao Zedong, and something tells me it's going to be horrible. Because if you look... I'm not saying Hitler wasn't bad, because he was. He was fucking horrible. But take what he did compared to Mao Zedong. Hitler, Mao Zedong, Hitler looks like a fucking Disney villain. All right. Wow. <laughs> what happened okay. in China during this time, during the Great Leap Forward, is fucking horrendous. You know, take take the take the casualties of the Holocaust times five. All right. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. Like 30 million people died. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, he's going to get his own, but we have to build up to that. I'm not ready for that right now. I don't think I am. It's like Nanking Part 3. I got a. Yeah. Part 4, even. (laughs) We'll, We'll need. We'll need. Uh, jokes for that one because we're going to be sad. Uh, the millions of Chinese Don't worry. Youths... I have this. This is makes me... Damn it! Can't. This makes me oh, feel better. Yeah, I have to feel better. Yourself. Invest yourself, anus. <laughs> I can't believe nobody's claimed it yet. Uh, millions of Chinese youths were recruited to the Red Guard and charged with, charged with fostering and enforcing these changes by force. Salath saw this and decided that China was where it was at. Vietnam could suck eggs, but he was smart enough not to tell him that. Like, he didn't go back to Vietnam and be like, well, these Chinese really got it going. You guys are fucking idiots. What are you fucking doing? Yeah. No, he came back and he's like, yeah, it was nice. Uh, good weather. You know. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go back to Cambodia now. Just A lot of people. away. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of dead people. It's pretty great. Ooh. Loved it, actually. Uh, went to like Long nine walks. funerals in a week. Yeah, it's fun. Now, he returned to Cambodia and decided to, again, change the party's name, mostly to show that he could do as he wanted. But this time, he changed it to the Communist Party of Kampucho. So he brought back the communists. Uh, but many knew it as, again, taking a point from Mao and his Red Guard, as the Khmer Rouge, or the Red Khmer. Just a prettier shade of red, I suppose. It's the kind that you have on your cheeks. Oh, we're not, like a little plush. We're not blood, we're not blood red, okay. we're blush red. Mm. <laughs> he moved their headquarters north to live among the tribal minorities, many of whom were willing to join the communists in fighting the government. Sihanouk had lost 
all the backing of the U.S. because of his neutrality of the Vietnam War and had to rely heavily on export taxes on rice production. He was one of these idiots. He wanted to see who came out on top before he picked a side. Just, you know, a real scumbag. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, large portions of the crops were being smuggled to Vietnam to supply the communists without being taxed. So the government assigned armed forces to collect taxes, frequently becoming violent. When some decided to riot and fight back, the government believed that this was all the communists' fault and decided to yet again crack down, forcing many to the north to join the Khmer Rouge. The violence spread, protests were shot down, and more people fled to join Salazar. So over and over again, it's, knock this riots down, they leave. Knock this riot down, they leave. Eventually, Khmer Rouge's uh, numbers were starting to tick upwards. Well, this is this is exactly what I thought of now when you mentioned them. There's your Crimson Guard. <laughs> Crimson Guard from Star Wars. Yeah, the old Royal Guard. Yeah. Bunch of bad motherfuckers. Salath is 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 is. I don't. Who do you? Who would you think would be the puppet? Who would you think is really in charge? The Emperor or Darth Vader? Uh, well, let, let's be honest. If you're talking about literally in the actual movies, then the Emperor is completely in charge, and Darth Vader is just a puppet the entire time, and he doesn't realize okay. that he thinks. So, yeah, Paul but... Pot will end up being the Emperor, and Sihanouk mm. is Darth Vader. Except instead of you know force choking people, he's like, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> but the real kicker as far as the uptick in uh, communist joining the Khmer Rouge or people joining the Khmer Rouge was when President Nixon decided without letting the public or Congress know this was all Nixon he's just like you know it's a good idea that he was that the U.S. would drop bombs across Cambodia's border to try and destroy Vietnamese bases, killing an estimated six hundred thousand Cambodians and creating an uncountable amount of refugees. He Good dropped. Work, Dick. He had. Yes, he had. Great work, Dick. He had dropped more bombs. In this little operation, I say little operation because it didn't take long. This little operation, more bombs dropped on the Cambodia-Vietnamese border than all the bombs dropped on Japan through the entirety of World War II. So at least three. <laughs> at least. At least three. <laughs> Fucking shit. But uh, 600,000 people just dead. Just because it's like, oh, let's take out some Vietnamese bases and kill all these civilians uh, while we're doing it. This drove... And, and again, that's more people... That's more people than died that died in Nagasaki and Hiroshima combined. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's... 
It's it's fucking ridiculous. Fucking yeah, ridiculous. and like yeah, you never really hear about it. The only reason to talk about like Hiroshima so much is because of the fact it was a nuke. You know, it's yeah. not like well, there's a reason that nobody talks about it is because they don't. The government doesn't want you to know. They want you to forget of the horrible things that they've done. Only look at the good things. You look at how we freed slavery, not slaves, not how we had them in the first place. All the, all, so the thing was like all the slave owners. You freed the slave owners. For free slaves, not to, not to free the slaves. <laughs> you just give the slaves away. Yeah. It's like, no, yes, I don't have to pay for slaves anymore. No, that's not what we're voting that's, for. That's, that's a big thing in like the Republican states, the, the red states, uh, communists. Um, they uh, they want to teach kids about how the Republicans freed the slaves, but they don't want to have a discussion with the kids about why we had about the hor- horrible idea to have slaves in the first place. They don't want to talk about any of that. They want to talk about how um, they want to talk about civil rights and how and how oh. Congress came out and, and made an amendment, gave everybody civil rights, but they don't want to talk about how they didn't have any to begin with, and they had to fight for that. We want you to know the good things, not so much the bad things. Yeah. But the, the winners freedom, right freedom isn't free, though. You know, it sometimes you have to pay a buck like of five. Yeah. Like, and that they don't want to talk about that cost. You know, no. the, book of, the book of five. They, they no. just want to get down they to the everything. sweet, sweet, juicy taste of freedom. They want everything pretty and rosy, and they want to tell you that Hitler wasn't a bad guy. Yeah. Even though I'm pretty sure he was. Anyway, uh, this drove hundreds of thousands to the Khmer Rouge. So, I mean, their numbers just jumped astronomically. So, yes, if it wasn't for the U.S., Pol Pot would have never come to power. There's no way he was fighting a revolution with the amount of people that he had in the first place. And these bombings were really unnecessary. I see a pretty common theme come across here when America gets involved with Oh things. yeah, we fuck everything up. Like we fuck everything up. But hey, we got Starbucks, I guess. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts is better. I can't stand Starbucks coffee. Yeah, I, I like I like their sandwich, the sandwiches <laughs> no. more than their coffee. Their coffee's all burnt. I go to Panera if I want, you know. And then the, I usually get a uh, chai tea latte. Starbucks here is overly expensive, uh, tasteless crap. It doesn't here really too. taste like an awful lot more. Like it's so goddamn like it, I'd, I'd rather drink American- instant coffee. They're shipping American coffee to to Ireland, probably, but um, it's 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 terrible. But um, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I don't. I never understood the I've, thing behind it. The, the Starbucks coffee here isn't tasteless. Burnt is a taste. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. It ta- It's like I've never had a cup of Starbucks coffee that didn't taste completely burnt. Like oh. every every coffee bean was just 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 eviscerated well here it's like if you took if you took boring and warmed it up and put it in a cup (laughs) this is if you took coffee beans and turned them into ash and then poured water over them 
I've had That's a coffee like that before. I fucking hate when that happens. <laughs> like, just like we have um, Costa here, and I think you have it over there. You call it a Costa or something. Because I heard an American say Costa coffee or something. Maybe it was Phil saying Costa coffee or something. Yeah, I don't know that. But one. Uh, uh, um, but it's it's common enough over here. Very common here. But uh, I mean, and I've had coffee there where it's been like the same thing. Like you, oh, it's I say the bean was as black as fucking Hitler's soul when it was ground up and thrown in. You know, it was... Like, I don't know how they managed to do it. It's like they sit there with a blowtorch and go, I'm going to burn this fucking coffee. Like, Is it hot like, enough yet? No, well, it's, uh, it's starting to turn black. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you want to bring up Phil and talk about coffee. Fucking Tim Hortons. I've never had a Tim Hortons. Oh, you my see, God. So. That, oh, actually, that sorry, is good. On. That is I think good you can fucking get, coffee. I think you can get Tim Hortons here, actually. I think maybe I have... They do the donuts too. Around here they? And they got rid of it. Fuck, it sucks. If you, if you want good shit. coffee, go to a local coffee shop. They may they do everything themselves. That's the way to get. Don't go to a big box. The only thing I ever get when I go to like Panera is a chai tea latte. Uh, because because I, it was in the UK. I, was, I had one in the UK as well. Was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, if it wasn't for US fucking Nixon, Pol Pot never comes to power. Plus a little luck with power struggles from inside the Cambodian government. You see, in March of 1970, Sihanouk had left the country on business. Lon Nall, which is actually uh, same forwards as it is backwards, uh, his name might as well be race car, uh, the prime minister and general of the military in Cambodia, decided that Sihanouk was out. The National Assembly granted him full power over the government, and Sihanouk would be arrested for treason for his appeasement of the communists. This was a huge favor for Salaf and the Khmer Rouge because Sihanouk was allied with the Chine- with Chinese and the, Viet- and the North Vietnamese, and he was the only reason they refused to help the Khmer Rouge with their coup. Now, with Sihanouk out of the way, they would finally support the takeover. Sihanouk entered into a military alliance with former enemies, go figure, to fight for his return to power, and the communists would use him as a puppet to disguise their communist agenda from the world. It's pretty much just a, oh no, this guy! They're just holding him up by the back of the neck like fucking weekend at Bernie's. He's in charge. Look at him dance with the sunglasses on and his, <laughs> and his windbreaker. Is he him? Isn't he good? But all along, Paul Potts in the back. He's technically the one actually yeah, see, see doing the Jonathan Silverman and walking him around. You say, um, he seems, like you said, like the flippy floppy. Like it's like a game of tennis. He, he will. Which way yeah, she, he will, gonna go. He will literally <laughs> sell his mother for shit if it gives him power and money. That's all he cares about is being in power. Doesn't matter who he has to align himself with. Doesn't matter what they do. What horrible things they do, he couldn't care less as long as he gets to, you know, have all his gold. Nobody ever tell him that, you know, first you get the sugar, then you get the power, then you get the women. That's right. So Lon Nall established a pro-American regime and allied, aligned Cambodia with the United States. This period saw increased involvement in the Vietnam War with U.S. forces conducting military operations within Cambodia to target North Vietnamese 
and Viet Cong sanctuaries. By 1974 and the evacuation of Saigon, all the U.S. soldiers were gone, and the Cambodian army had suffered massive losses fighting alongside them and the South Vietnamese. The Khmer Rouge took the opportunity to advance towards Phnom Penh, and on April 1st, 1975, Lon Nol abandoned Phnom Penh, and evacuation of foreigners and embassies followed. Two weeks later, on the 17th, the Khmer Rouge entered the capital. Now, much like we saw in our Nanking series, at first the people of Phnom Penh were happy to see the Khmer Rouge enter the city. For what felt like forever, the country had been at war. War with the colonizers. War with Vietnam. War with themselves. They're in the middle of a civil war between the Khmer Rouge and the government for fucking years. And for those years, refugees had retreated to the capital for shelter from civil war, the war along the border, the bombings, all that stuff. America. Swelling the population to between two and three million. But disease and starvation were claiming around 8,000 people a day. By the time the Khmer Rouge took over, the city was ready for a break. But what they didn't know, again, much like our Nanking series, was that their new masters were not there to liberate the people. Under the leadership of a man going by the name of Paul Pot, these mostly teenage soldiers, and not like old teens, like 18 or 19, we're talking like 15. 15 year olds with guns and an inferiority complex. They, Kids want to play Call of Duty in real life? Yeah, <laughs> they've go. been beaten down and, and moved around the jungles for so long. They were taught to hate their fellow Cambodians who had not joined the revolution, being told to look at them like they were less than human. Uh, again, in our Nanking series, same thing the Japanese did to their kids as far as the Chinese go. You look at them like they're less Piece than, of shit. subhuman. Calling them new people or April 17th people. Because they didn't join the fight until the fight was over. April 17th, people. They told Dr. Timmy, so April 17th. He's April 16th, he's okay. <laughs> April 17th. The God. first thing they were ordered to do by Pol Pot when they secured the city an utter and complete evacuation of major cities Bowels. and towns, Bowels. directly leading to the death of. Thousands, and just the beginning of the deaths of millions. And that's where we'll pick up with the class and ethnic cleansings, growing paranoia, the prison known as S21, and the killing fields on the second and final episode of Paul Pot and the Cambodian Genocide. <laughs> I hope you've all learned something today, and you take it with you. As you go throughout your day. Yeah, Dad. <sighs> Cambodians are also fucking cray-cray. <laughs> what is this shit like? Seriously. Are we the only ones who haven't ever... Sp- 
batting somebody else's eye and talking a shit in their breakfast. The Irish are kind of clean when when you when you look back at history, the Irish are one of the very few that kind of come out clean. Well, I mean, not That's clean because most of our responses off. to yeah, but most yeah, of our yeah. responses to everything is. Ah, sure. You didn't have you didn't have time or opportunity to shit on anybody else because you were too busy getting shit on yourself. Given the opportunity, well, I'd like to think that you would have joined us in all this horror and torture, but who knows? Who knows what would have happened? Maybe you're just better people than we are. Don't know. Uh, we invented our own little torture devices: the turf hammer, or like, or the potato, the potato. rammer. Or something. A potato rammer. Just a guy <laughs> bent over with his pants down. What is it? A potato rammer. You know, what they do is gonna... a, a nice method of Irish torture is you get yourself one of those good old Irish cottage doors, which they open up the top and the bottom. Right? You've never uh-huh. seen before. The whole thing is they open up, they, can, they split in half, basically. And you put that on top of somebody and you keep layering up potatoes until the weight crushes them. That's what you do. Just like they used to do with the rocks. So it's like doors and boulders, but with potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, thank you to our patrons, Inquisitor Jayavani, Willow Quinn Fowler, and MX Sinister 26. Um, if you would like to have your name shouted out on our podcast, uh, go to patreon.com slash torture pod. And, you know, it's $3 to start. I think maybe we should do just a dollar tier. For people, just so they get their name shouted out, but yeah, that's Maybe. fine by we'll me. See. Yeah. Um, also, we will read an email if you send if you send me an email, I will read it live on air. I'm not if. even joking. If uh, torturepod at gmail or just message us on Instagram or the other social medias at torturepod. Um, rate review apple you know wherever you listen um, you go to our youtube page where we do snippets our excerpts of our shows where you can actually see us for a little bit i will um censor out dan's finger guns I promise uh, you, you subscribe for that co- yeah you have to subscribe for the finger guns that damn it uh you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash torture pod um, or you can donate on, a, on our link tree. It can be found on our socials. Or you can uh, buy some of our merch. Redbubble.com slash people slash torture pod. And that's pretty much all we have. We will leave you with some words of wisdom from Dan. Dan, what are your words of wisdom for the day? <sighs> the long exhale. <laughs> If you are standing on a bridge and you see a man cross your path with a little tiny mustache, just think about what Eminem said. If you had one shot, one opportunity, if you could take it, <laughs> would you let it slip? <laughs> if you see a man with a tiny mustache, shoot him in the face! Yeah. Don't go shooting everybody with tiny mustaches in the face, people. Uptick in, oh, disclaimer. Uh, uptick in tiny mustache shootings as of recently. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands dead. <laughs> and now the number uh, one history podcast in the United States, Torture Pod. <laughs> Reporting live from prison. I know nothing. <laughs> For inciting a mass shooting. I know nothing. 
fuck. All right. Well, I guess with, 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 with that advice that you should take to heart, we will leave you until next time. Invest in yourself. Ta- invest in yourself. Take care of yourself and take care of one another. We'll see you. Bye-bye.